you for tuning in to the Healthy Minds Podcast, where we host conversations with people who are really good listeners, and we ask them to share with us. I'm Lucy Caldwell, and I work for Fairfax County Public Schools. During the pandemic, we've all spent more time than ever online. We're schooling online. We're working online. We're visiting family and friends online. We're watching movies and YouTube clips just to cheer us up a little bit. We're going to church online. We're going to the doctor. And with so much virtual engagement, many of us are trying to navigate these uncharted waters for ourselves and our families. We're all trying to figure it out. As far as virtual school, there have been a few incidents of sort of Wild West behaviors, people using language and images that they would never have done, most likely, in person. But people are frustrated, they're bored, they're um, anxious, and so it really is a new reality that people in education and all of us in different walks of life are trying to deal with and contend with. And today, here on the podcast, it's a perfect time to talk about this issue because it's Digital Citizenship Week. Being a digital citizen is all about taking ownership of your actions, using technology responsibly and respectfully. During this week, the goal is to teach kids and to talk to families and parents how to learn, create, and participate responsibly in the digital world. Thank you for joining us, Tammy Sisk. Tammy's been an employee with FCPS for 26 years. She's an instructional technology specialist for the pre-K through 12 curriculum instruction office. She's been leading the digital citizenship work in FCPS for the past five years. During this time, we've had 39 Fairfax County Public Schools that have earned the Common Sense School Recognition, and 116 instructional employees have earned common sense educator recognition. She collaborates across the departments and with many reputable organizations to provide high impact digital citizenship resources and lessons to teachers, students, and families. Thank you for being here, Tammy. Thank you, Lucy. I'm happy to be here. And we're, we're talking about how long and how often we're all online. And given your many, many years of experience, what are some of your observations that you've seen during this pandemic? Well, um, you know, obviously right now we are we're absolutely spending more time on screens, not just for work and learning, but, you know, we're not going out as much. So right. that leads to boredom and it's it's easy to, you know, begin watching a new series on Netflix or, you know, spend more time than you normally would playing games because we're not participating in as many of the activities we normally would. Right. And and that's been hard for people. Um, I think that, you know, in terms of digital citizenship, media balance is a topic that we work with all of our students on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this week during Digital Citizenship Week, we had a focus on media balance on Monday. Um, and what, what, we, what does that mean to media balance, what does that mean? And when we say we've focused on it, how have you worked with the schools and with students and families directly on that? Sure. So media balance is about uh, developing an awareness and the will to pay attention to your body and your mind in relation to Hmm. how much time you're spending online and how it impacts you. Hmm. Um, And what we do with our uh, schools is we provide... um, 
professional learning. We provide high quality resources. We work with uh, reputable organizations like Common Sense Media and um, use their, their materials to provide lessons to students. We work with students on actually building a daily schedule that incorporates ba a balance of activities mm. so they're mindful of what their day looks like right. uh, during the school day. We provide uh, resources to families um, and also suggest that they um, use various scheduling tools. I know mm -hmm. the American Academy of Pediatrics has a wonderful website where you really can think about all the things that are important to you in your life from bathing to eating to your clarinet lesson. Yeah. And once you begin building in time for all of those, you know, self-care and, you know, uh, hobbies and things that you're you're doing, you begin to see, I don't really have, you know, three hours to spend, um, you know, playing a game online. Right. So, so it's about breaking away from yeah. the screen. Interesting. Yeah. And having that awareness to pay attention to, you know, boy, my neck's hurting because I've been online a long time or I feel really sluggish. My eyes hurt, you know, being right. able to actually notice it right. and then having the will to, to do something to change it and make yourself feel a little bit better. I like that term, having the will to do it, because in my mind, I always say having the discipline to do it, yeah. you know, sort of making yourself get up and yeah. walk away. You know, is it once an hour or what is it you're supposed um, to do? I think, you know, it really depends. Okay. Uh, I think each person is a little bit different. I definitely try to get up and stand and stretch at least an hour, um, take a walk down to the, you know, right now we're working from home. I'll take a walk down to the kitchen. I'll get a fresh glass of water. Mm -hmm. um, just getting up and moving a little bit gives your mind a break, gives your eyes a break. It gets your body moving a little bit. Um, and I think if you're teaching your child how to pay attention and you're modeling that behavior for them. And for young children, it's really important not only to model it, but talk about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Because they may not notice the why. They may, mm -hmm. they may see you getting up, but they may not know why you're getting up and that it's intentional. So talking that through with them is really supportive in developing those habits with them as well. When I think about it, you know, young people have grown up with screens since they were born. People my age and around my age didn't. And so, you know, we worried a little bit about TV, but that was it. Mm -hmm. And now there's a screen pretty much 24-7 between the phones and the laptops and, you know, the, the school, because mm -hmm. we have to do that right now. But I think most likely the students are probably teaching the parents a thing or two, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, our students are incredibly uh, curious. Mm -hmm. uh, when I talk with students, I'm always really impressed by how aware they are of some of the issues that exist in the online space. Um, and, you know, I do think that they value their face-to-face -face friendships and conversations and activities. And, and I see many of them intentionally putting their phones down to have conversations with one another. And then I see some that don't do that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I absolutely think that it's a partnership. Mm -hmm. Like um, when, when parents can talk to their child in a very casual way mm -hmm. that um, opens the door of communication and it's a normal part of their everyday relationship, mm -hmm. when concerns arise like spending too much time on screens or – 
you know, maybe they're posting something they shouldn't on social media. Those conversations don't feel awkward then because you've always had these kinds of conversations. Right. So the more normal and normal and everyday you can make conversations about technology and what you're observing and seeing, the better the chance it's not they're not going to go on the defensive when mm-hmm. something actually happens and you have to address it. It's really been an evolution, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, from probably in your experience in your years here with FCPS, what are some of the trends you've seen with students and some of the student behavior? We talk about, you know, modeling behavior and that sort of thing. And unfortunately, sometimes in this virtual environment, we have had students, whether it's a prank or whatever they might be doing, they'll take somebody's login and they'll go in and pretend they're somebody else and do something that like I said before, they'd probably never do in person, Mm -hmm. but they're doing something that could be hurtful. And then now that parents, many of them are sitting with their children or in the same room because they're working from home and the students are in online school. So they're seeing some of this. So what, what are some of the things that you have seen and how have we addressed those as a system? Well, I think that there's in terms of schooling, one of the biggest challenges I think teachers are facing yeah. um, is plagiarism and uh, students that, hmm. you know, are using their resources, right. but perhaps don't yet have the um, that built-in uh, awareness that their actions can actually... Uh, show disrespect to the people whose information they're publishing is their own. Right. Um, and in some cases, you know, it, it can even, you know, cost the, the author or the artist their their livelihood. So I think one thing that um, parents and teachers can, can work on is really having students look at plagiarism and copyright through the lens of a creator. Yeah. Because when they can see themselves as potential creators, and many of our students are already creators on, online, Absolutely. when they can look uh, through that lens, they can develop that, that empathy and respect mm-hmm. that creators deserve. And um, I, I think that, you know, I look at so many of our kids that have done really creative things. I, re- I remember um, a couple of years ago, uh, there was a student from Mount Vernon High School, uh-huh. <clears throat> and um, he had the most incredible, long, wavy hair. Mm-hmm. And he he wanted, I don't quote me on this, but I think he wanted to go into, like, style and fashion or, or something like that. Uh-huh. And so he started his own YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And his YouTube channel, he was using, you know, his whole purpose was to build a footprint that would launch him into the world of style and fashion. Yeah. Um, so he created all kinds of videos about hair care products that were good for people who had hair like his, uh, different ways he styled his hair, and he was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of his videos were really popular. Mm-hmm. I was uh, shocked one day whenever I, I flew out to California. Mm-hmm. I was running a race out there. And I was at the airport, and my Uber driver drove up, and got I got in the car, and I was like, wow, you, your hair looks just like this student from where I'm from. 
And he has this amazing YouTube channel you should check out all about how to take care of hair that's just like yours. Yeah. And he turned around, he looked at me, and he said, are you talking about Geo's Wave? He knew he knew the channel wow. already. So that just kind of floored me. So we, we definitely yeah. can, um, you know, I think our kids are craving the ability to be influential in the world. Yeah. I think that they um, are seeking ways to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. I, I see them using social media platforms to, um, you know, promote causes that they care about, to make connections with others who can can help with those causes. Yeah. I see them using it to educate the public. And these are all really positive trends. Absolutely. Um, very gives me a lot of hope for our future. Yeah. And we just have to be vigilant about, you know, being a, a supportive adult in their life to make sure that they can navigate the, the dangers and the ups and downs that also come along with that. Absolutely. And that's what being a digital citizen is, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because I tend to go to that negative side, you know, probably because of my role here in the public school system. And so I see sort of some of the alarming things that have happened. But I really love it that you're talking about the positive things and the positive ways that our students are behaving on social media. Yeah, you know, I know that you had also asked, like, what other, you know, trends are we seeing? Yeah. And I mentioned plagiarism, but I think, you know, many of our parents are really concerned about inappropriate content, um, perhaps students that might use, you know, inappropriate language with one another mm-hmm. in the in the school environments. And, you know, we, our teachers are very vigilant at trying to stay on top of all that. But I will say that Supporting our kids with digital citizenship is absolutely a shared responsibility. We depend on our parents and they depend on us. And we are partners working for the best for all of our students together. Um, I also think it's important to remember that children are not adults. Um, Sometimes they know right from wrong, but don't yet have the self-regulation skills um, or the will to listen to those gut feelings that tell them when something isn't right or that they shouldn't be doing something. And if we can support their thinking and we can ask them questions that prompt them to think about the impact of their actions and we can support them in looking at situations from many different perspectives, um, we're, we're setting them up for life. So when we have situations that are unfortunate, Mm -hmm. um, we need to look at those as opportunities for learning. Yeah, and um, absolutely. do that work when it's most meaningful, which is in that moment. And on the flip side, you know, we're always trying to make our environments more secure and safe mm-hmm. um, with the technologies that are available to us. Uh, so that's an ongoing process. We have wonderful people in our Department of Information Technology that are constantly, you know, trying to stay on top of different ways of doing things to, to make the environment more and more secure. It's interesting. Um when you talk about that, because I do think that uh, a lot of times parents don't know because maybe they're not following their child's Twitter feed or social media. Um, what responsibility or what actions do you suggest parents take when you say it's a shared responsibility? Mm-hmm. I'm hoping parents are listening. So what kinds of suggestions and actions do you suggest for them? So there's a, a- couple different ways to look at this. If you are the parent of a young child, 
<clears throat> and you're just starting down this journey, uh, really consider using a gradual release with your students or your children. Um, that sounds I, like an edu term. <laughs> what I mean by that, <laughs> I don't know is, that one. Uh, you know, many of the gaming systems that children use and the accounts that they uh, they can sign their child up for. There are parental controls built in. And it's okay to use those parental controls to support your child. But what I do caution parents on is you can't depend on them to do the work for you. Right. Um, it's really easy to put on a parental control and then go about your day. But if you're not spending time mentoring your child on media and their internet use, they're never going to, to be prepared for when those parental controls are lifted. Um, and we also have to remember our students are, aren't always in our care. They go to friends' houses. They go Absolutely. to all, all other kinds of places. So we always have to have that goal of I need them to understand how to um, maneuver the, the, the online space. I, they need to know what information is okay to share and not share. They need to understand finance. You know, now that you buy things so much online, you don't mm -hmm. have those tangible dollars exchanging through your hands. And so what we're seeing is uh, students that don't really have that sense of finance. So I highly recommend from a young age, when children want to buy things online, you keep a ledger so that they learn how to um, see the actual money that they're spending. Um, and then if you're on the flip side and, you know, your kids are already out of the gate, they have a phone, and now you're thinking about this, yeah. um, what I can say is it's never too late to have a sincere conversation with your child. Um, you know, we as parents make mistakes all the time. Right. Um, and, and we're constantly learning, too. And, and so you, you only know what you know, right? So if, if your child already has a phone and things are not going well, yeah, it's not too late to sit down with your child and say, you know, hey, you know, we got you a phone and, gee, there were a lot of things I didn't think about at the time when we got our phones. Mm -hmm. So I want to, you know, we need to do a little bit of a reset and I want you to be a part of that conversation. I need to understand what's important to you and I need to share what's important to me. Right. And then we've got to set some ground rules that that we're going to follow as a family. Um, and we have so many wonderful resources to support families with those kinds of conversations. Um, if you go to our FCPS website, search for digital citizenship, okay. um, establishing expectations. If you search for digital citizenship, establishing expectations, that's a wonderful page. We have an entire page about media balance. There's a whole toolkit about how to support media balancing your family. Uh, we have, you know, online courses. We've got lots of tip sheets in multiple languages. So, um, and many of our schools have their collections that they have on their websites too. So, use your resources. Um, and Common Sense Media is also a wonderful place to go, especially for reviews. Mm -hmm. And that's something else that I think is really important for that parent-child conversation. You know, our our information these days is so valuable. And when I say our information, I'm talking about, you know, our names, where we shop, what we buy, our location. And all of those things are tracked because they're very valuable. They help uh, companies personalize content. Mm 
right. so that you're more likely to buy things. Advertising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we need to work with our kids on is is data privacy as well. Um, so I, I think uh, this actually is Cybersecurity Awareness Week, yes. too. There's or, so actually, much. it's month. There's Cyber so Cyber. much. There is so much. But the, the good thing is we don't have to know all this ourselves. We have yeah. great organizations that walk you through things. So the National Cybersecurity Alliance mm-hmm. has a fantastic website for adults and kids. And it really will walk you through, you know, all kinds of different tips for securing your personal information. Everything from, you know, what settings you should be using to... Hey, don't forget to delete apps that you're no longer using. Mm-hmm. It has uh, uh, information about two-factor authentication, um, which we're encouraging our staff to use, and we encourage our families to use two-factor authentication on their accounts. Um, so definitely check out some of those resources on the, the National Cybersecurity Alliance website. Those They're are really, really good great suggestions. Organization. Those are great suggestions. You know, because truthfully, technology is evolving. And it's evolving fast. Yeah. And that's not going to stop. So how do we as parents and people who care about our kids or our neighbor's kids or our nieces and nephews, whoever they might be, how do we keep up with this? And where should, you know, should we be doing like weekly check-ins on some sort of resource ourselves? What do you recommend? Well, as I an think, adult? <laughs> you know, that's a tough question because I talk with a lot of parents and you know, sometimes they're just like, there's too many portals, there's too many gaming systems, and they all have their own parental controls. And I don't right. even know how to keep up with all this. Right. Uh, I think, you know, number one, use some of that time uh, when your child is using media and games to spend time with them. That's built in time for fun and connection. And through that time, you can you can work in some some education and learning. You can ask them good questions that prompt their thinking. Um, Second, I think it's really important to not get caught up in, well, all the other students have this, so now my child has to have this. Every child is different. What they need is different, and what they're ready for is different, and nobody knows that better than the parent. So parents, I, I really encourage you to think about what is your child ready for mm-hmm. and what is what is a way to get them as close to what they want and, and are saying they need without overwhelming yourself because if you can't keep up with what they're doing, um, you're going to end up with, with you know some challenges down the road. So you do want to make it manageable not just for your child but also for you. Yeah. Those are really good suggestions, and I love the thought of sort of making sure that you build in that time for those mm-hmm. conversations. Yeah. Um, gosh, it's it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. It really Parenting is. Parenting is a challenge these days, but, you know, I think when we take a goal-based approach instead of a fear-based approach. I love that. Um, it, it changes the conversations mm-hmm. to a much more positive lens when we lens and when we look for those opportunities, not only for our children to learn and grow through our digital resources, um, and when we look for those opportunities to use media to teach things like character traits. You know, as you're watching a movie together, enjoying family time, mm-hmm. pause that movie at key points and, and ask, like, gosh, you know, did you notice what that character just did? 
Yeah. And, you know, what do you think that, how do you think that made the other character feel? Um, those are really powerful ways to share what you're thinking, but right. also kind of get inside your child's head. Where are they at? Oh, that's um, a really good so point. Look for, look for the opportunities and take a goal-based approach rather than a fear-based approach. I really love that suggestion. Yeah. And uh, even thinking about, you know, after you read a book, maybe read that book together. Yeah. If your child's reading a book uh, for a class... I used to do that with my sons. Yeah. I read that book and have a conversation. What do you think about it when that happened? Or if you're binging on a TV series, um, you know, maybe do it together. And sometimes as a parent, you know, bending towards what your child wants, even if you might not have such an interest in it. Right. And, and I do think, you know, during this pandemic, the winter is coming. We're going to have to look for creative ways to stay connected and to stay positive and sort of charged up and all the suggestions you've given, Tammy, are really outstanding. Were you ever a teacher, or have you always been sort of on the design side? Yeah, I, I was a teacher at the beginning of my career. I worked in a private school, okay. and then later I went on to teach alternative education here in Fairfax County awesome. for five years. Wow. Um, and then I transitioned to become a school-based technology specialist, and then later went and um, moved into our instructional services department as okay. an instructional technology specialist. Well, Fairfax County Public Schools is lucky to have you. Uh, it's been a wonderful ride, and I love this community. Well, stay. Don't go <laughs> anywhere. And I do think I'd love to think about different opportunities and ways to highlight some of the information you're talking about in new and different ways. Because I think, you know, even if students are receiving this information in school, Maybe we can work with parents and PTAs to figure out better ways to get information to parents, too, because, yeah. as you said, it is a shared responsibility. And as and as a parent who cares about my children, I know that everybody out there listening, they, too, care about theirs, but may be feeling overwhelmed sometimes. Yeah. And with the news and with everything going on, sometimes it's easier to sort of focus on that negativity. And I really appreciate you being here today sharing a few minutes of your time to talk about the positivity and the opportunities. Yeah. So before I let you go, we like to ask a couple of quick questions. <laughs> what are you going to be for Halloween? <laughs> uh, well, actually, I don't have a costume picked out for myself, but I have an English bulldog named Wally. Oh. And he always dresses up for the kids in the neighborhood, and he's oh. going to be a punk rocker this year. Oh, I love it. So he's got a little mohawk. And oh, my gosh. Some fun clothes to I'll wear. have to look at a picture <laughs> of that before. Um, that's great. What's the oldest thing you have in your freezer? <laughs> oh, gosh. Probably don't remember, right? That's a um, funny question. Let me think. Um, well, you know, I'll be very transparent at the beginning of covid you know probably ate more than i should have <laughs> and oh, yeah. so over the past i two was or, popping chocolates right you know oh, i think all of us struggled with that but yeah over the past two two to three months i've been really working on getting back to a more healthy way of eating and so i probably have ice cream in my refrigerator or my freezer that's gotta be four months old right and probably has ice just peel a little bit of the ice off and enjoy. <laughs> I think I just need to go throw it out. <laughs> but, and the yeah. final question, what's your most unusual talent? My most unusual talent? Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know that I have anything I would 
classify as a specific talent. I, I sing in my car really well when no one's listening. <laughs> Any favorite songs? Oh, gosh, I have so many songs. I'm a, I'm a big music lover. Really? Um, so you might catch me listening to, you know, coffee house music one day yeah. and rock and roll the next day and bluegrass the next day. So you, you just never know. Yeah. If you see me at a stoplight and my window's down, you'll probably hear me singing. Oh, honestly, I think the singing has helped get through this period, too, in yeah. music. And um, I think it's really helped sort of get through all this. I just... Change, I'm like you, just change the different channels and go onto the um, satellite and yep. just try new things, see what I like, <laughs> see what sticks, pull out the old. Music's good for the soul. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again, Tammy Sisk, for being here and for sharing your tips and your information and your experiences with digital citizenship. And I hope that everyone out there is thinking about this and how they can talk with their own students or young people in their lives or their friends about digital citizenship. Thank you Do so you much, have Lucy. a topic? Oh, you're welcome. I'm really happy to be here. Well, it was great to have you, and I'd love to have you back and sure. explore some more topics. Do you have a topic you'd like the Healthy Minds podcast to explore? Please let us know. Send your suggestions to healthyminds at fcps.edu.